You're listening to the Batuta Advocates Weekly News Wrap on Desert Rock FM 96.5. Welcome back to the Weekly Batuta Advocate Bulletin, bringing you the biggest and most crucial and most important stories of the week. My name is Clancy Overall, editor of the Batuta Advocate. I'm joined by Errol Parker. Hello, Errol. Hello, mate. How you going? Yeah, not bad, mate. Uh, tell you what, this fucking sun's got a bit of bite. Anyway. Starting to heat up, yeah. yeah. That's Wendell you just heard from the corner. Uh, how are you going, young fella? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. End of another week. Um, threw my back out at cricket training last night. Steaming in, full Eter- speed. Eternally injured. Eternally yeah. injured, young man. Made a chalk. Unfortunate. What's in the news this week, young fella? Well, the biggest story, I think Clancy has been all of this net zero stuff, and one of the biggest stories we wrote on that has been about the PM beginning Wednesday morning acting as Barnaby Joyce's human coffee table as per their net zero agreement. Yes, the Prime Minister is now off to Glasgow to embarrass us all on the world stage. But before heading off to the COP26 summit, Scott Morrison had to do plenty of wheeling and dealing to get the National Party not to go rogue on him. So he did strike a deal in the end with the power drunk regional representatives and it probably isn't what anyone would like to, uh, uh, I guess, uh, lower themselves to. Yes, Clancy. Well, Barnaby Joyce, the leader of the Nationals and biggest fan of 69ing in Parliament House, is refusing to confirm the exact details of that agreement, but we managed to get our hands on a couple of images. And in those images have shown things like Scotty posing as a special human coffee table for Joyce and bringing him a large mocha with four sugars in it. Uh, Good to see our Prime Minister getting uh, his hands dirty for once. Yes, apparently he's also been, as per the Net Zero Agreement, he is required to uh, sort out Barnaby Joyce's dry cleaning every morning, I believe, uh, which has actually resulted in the Nationals leader wearing an iron shirt for the first time in his life. I I always thought that Barnaby would, you know, just pop his suits and sports coats into the, uh, just into the washing machine. One trick he told me was, um, you know, when he's got a hangover and he's got to get into Parliament in half an hour, to vote on something, you know, knowing he's going to get doorstopped on the way in because he's such an important politician. Uh, he does the old, uh, well, apparently the night before he goes, he comes home pissed and uh, he strips down into the nude and gets the shirt that he'd just worn, which is all crumpled from, you know, a couple hours in the pub, four or five hours in the pub, and he'll hang that up on a uh, wire coat hanger yep. in the shower yep. and turn the hot on the bathroom sink and of course a shower uh, turn it up as hot as it can uh, living in a you know shared living apartment building down there so it has a constant source of hot water um, and just basically steam it out yep. steam the shirt overnight it cleans it and it also uh, when you wake up the next morning he'll take it off the coat hanger and hold it by the, the, the cuffs of the shirt and just hit the bed the unmade bed as hard as he can with it hoping to not pick up any Mm, you know, yeah. not, not to you know pick up. Well, anything, that's a lot different to to the method that we were told Christopher Pine does when you went on his podcast Pine Time. Uh, he said, you know, to, to to really get rid of the the scaries in the morning to blow the rust off. He also likes to strip off into the nude and cover himself in baby oil and roll around in the bathtub of his hotel room, saying, "I'm a silly sausage. I'm a silly sausage," until yeah, that, he feels that, better. That was the least surprising thing to come out of that interview. Actually, it turns out. One thing I did find on that interview in, on Pine Time 
was that he's actually quite a lefty, uh, which is interesting, but you know. And, uh, took me by surprise. Well, this next story, Wendell, this is also about the Liberal Party. It's about a coked-up FIFO worker. Yeah, this is the blowback from that decision for by Scott Morrison to commit to net zero. Yep. Um, a coked-up FIFO who lives in a Gold Coast Canal 6 better has come out and said that the Prime Minister has betrayed rural Australia. Yes, that's right. An entire workforce of carbon-exposed tradesmen and unskilled labourers have this week declared their disgust with the man they voted for in 2019. As you mentioned there, Wendell, this comes after Scotty announced his vague new commitments to net zero emissions by 2050, which has left Coomera-based FIFO worker Zade Noxon pretty ropeable. He says this is equivalent to treason. Now, Zade is the owner of a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of vehicles in his urban mansion said, and I quote, he's fucking off, Scotty. And as he explained, and I quote again, he told us that he wouldn't go near any of this greeny shit what about the blue-collar workers in the bush, mate? Some towns depend on the economic boosts that blokes like me provide them while waiting for the shuttle bus from the airport to the FIFO camp. You thought about that, Scott? No. Don't worry, Zade. There's apparently high-paying jobs in renewables coming right up. Now, in New South Wales, Gladys Berejiklian has fronted the Independent Commission Against Corruption, and she offered up this interesting quote saying... How the fuck was I supposed to know how much a hillbilly clay target shooting club costs? Yes, the former Premier of New South Wales has been in the news all week as the inquiry into whether she abused or breached public trust continues to play out live on television. There's been a bit on with the former Deputy Premier John Barillaro squirming during questions about intimate relationships. Gladys has also claimed that current Premier and her successor Dominic Perrottet just does her bidding and the frank admission that she had no idea how much these dumb rednecks needed for their shooty little gun thing. It's quite a lot, apparently. Um, as, as we exclusively broke, their new club is uh, quite an impressive sight, like a magical multi-storey hotel, I've been led to believe. Head to the website if you want to see the pictures of that one. We've apparently got more to come on this one. But it seems like her ex-boyfriend, Daryl Maguire, is going to have a bit of a hard time on the dating scene moving forward. I think uh, unless he stays around Wagga and flaunts some of that newfound wealth. I think, you know, I, I think that some ladies do have proclivities for... For convicts. Mm, well, look, I'm not I mean, getting ahead of myself, you know. Yeah, I mean, given the stuff that's coming out, he may not be around women out and about in society for much longer, Daryl. But I thought the Liberal Party wing of um, of the Coomera Low Security Prison was actually co-ed. I believe that's how low security it oh, was. Right. Apparently, it's an absolute fuckfest. Fuck. Oh, well, fingers crossed for Daryl. Uh, it sounds like a good bit of fun. Now, we've got some good news, and balance has been restored to the universe after some dickhead in Melbourne decided to yell the first post-lockdown, Taxi! Yes, once again, this regional Queensland newspaper feels obliged to, uh, to, to pass comment on Melbourne. Uh, but nature is healing, apparently. You'd love to see it. It was a dangerous day to be a beer down in Melbourne last Friday night as the most lockdown fuckhole on earth emerged from its long winter. Yes, and with everyone a little bit unsure of how to interact around people after nearly 300 days of isolation, there was a bit of a weird vibe at the Fitzroy Ugly Betty Tavern to kick things off. That all melted away, however, when local dickhead Ian Maley decided to open up his vocal cords after hearing a pint of glass hit the floor. Taxi, he shouted, like an absolute fucking goose. Finishing up the week with sports news, and we've got a three-word headline, and it reads, Report, 
warning you. Yes, after years of the sporting and cricketing world talking shit about him, both to his face and behind his back, the manlet from Malabar has finally received some vindication. If you aren't a cricket fan, this stems from a heated incident between David Warner and South African wicketkeeper Quinton de Kock over in the Republic of South Africa a few years ago. At the time, it looked like David Warner was actually being a bit of a fuckwit, but, you know, that's no longer the case, depending on who you ask. Yeah, no, with de Kock refusing to take a knee as part of the team protocol to support the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, a movement actually quite relevant to the people of South Africa, given their history of racial apartheid, it's been revealed that Dave Warner knew all along that Quinton de Kock was a fuckwit. As a Cricket Australia statesman said, yeah, it turns out Warner was onto him, and for that we express regret, but Cricket Australia doesn't apologise for anything. Not now, not ever. And that's all we got time for this week. We hope you've enjoyed our news wrap, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you,